Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro, and welcome to another episode of Med Lasso from Explore the Space podcast. We are tackling Ted Lasso season one, episode three in this conversation. Before we get to it, a thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. I'm joined as always in this episode of Med Lasso by Dr. Syed Tabatabai, and our special guest is Dr. Fiona Matatal. She joins us from north of the border from Canada, where she is an OBGYN, and we get into a pivotal episode of Ted Lasso, the one that got me into the show once and for all. And this is just too good. Her poll at the end about the pop culture connection that she sees in this is unbelievable. You're going to absolutely love it. We continue our discussion of pulling bricks out of the John Wooden pyramid of success. And that is a really fun thing. This discussion around it is fantastic as well. I'd like to remind everybody that the next hashtag ETS chat is coming up on November 30th. Mark your calendar, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be there, hashtag ETS chat. I'll be sharing more about this after the Thanksgiving holiday, but definitely keep track of that hour. We will be having an amazing discussion. I can't wait for that and can't wait to have you there. You can find me on Twitter at ETS show. You can find me on Instagram at explore the space show. Email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com, and you can find the whole archive of Explore the Space podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. We are on all the major podcast platforms, wherever you like to download your shows. You can find Explore the Space, and definitely do leave us that five-star rating and a review. That really helps us out. All right, so it's time. Let's get to it. Ted Lasso Season 1, Episode 3, Med Lasso is back. Let's get amongst it. Syed Tabatabai from San Antonio. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Mark <laughs> from California. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this episode with you because we're doing, obviously, Ted Lasso Season 1, Episode 3. This was the one that that I, I, I bit the hook and I swallowed the hook and I have not let go of the hook. This was the one for me. So I'm super fired up. And I am really happy that we get to go international with our guests to get into this episode with, and it's going to be amazing, Fiona Matatal from Calgary. Welcome. Representing Canada. Woo-hoo. Oh my gosh, that's too good. <laughs> is is Ted Lasso, is there is there an impression from the show in Calgary, in Canada as a whole? Do you, do you think it's sort of similar to what we're feeling in the United States? And, in a, you know, we know Australia, it's been quite popular. Like, what do you sort of see? Or are people kind of giving it the side eye? So... <clears throat> 
I'm going to be a bit challenging here and say, I think it's even bigger here in Canada. I know it's an American it. show, but yeah. in Canada, our neighbors up north of you guys, we get heavily influenced by two places, the UK and the US. Yeah. And this show brings out the best of both and commentary on culture differences between the two countries. And this is what we sit back and watch. We're just, it's it's everything. and. Before we get any further, I need to just say that a few days ago, Canada's men's foot or foot, I was going to say football soccer team um, qualified for the world. And uh, there was a game up here in Edmonton in very Canadian style. It was played in snow. Oh, yeah. And uh, the whole country's gone soccer crazy. So if you don't think I wasn't watching that match, you'd be wrong. That was one of the best goal celebrations. Syed, if you haven't seen it, they dove into a snowdrift. <laughs> It was epic. That's it so was Canadian. So cool. And they have one of the most exciting young players on the planet, Alphonse. Da- Alph- is it Alfonso Davies or Alphonse? I, oh, shit. I don't know. It's I think Alphonse. it's Alphonse. Alphon- it's Alphonse. It's Alphonse Davies. He's a monster. Wow. Scary good. Oh, wow. he's ferocious. That's great. It was uh, It was because they played Mexico right after the USA played Panama. Mm-hmm. And we drew with Panama. Canada won, so Canada is now in, and the USA. Anyway, it's complicated, but it was awesome. <laughs> and the snowdrift celebration was epic. It was rad. Yeah. It was really, it's really cool. Credit to you. Very guys. Canadian oh. moment. Oh my gosh! Like to, we got. I'll put a link in the show notes. Actually, now that I think about it, it's really cool. Like they dove into a snowdrift. How fun is this? It was awesome. Wow. And I love the I love the juxtaposition too because the World Cup will be in Qatar, where it's going to be three hundred and eighty thousand degrees. Yeah, there will not be any snowdrift diving. <laughs> yeah. We were watching a bit of this, and my uh, my kid was like, "Where's Danny Rojas? Doesn't he play for Mexico?" <laughs> oh, he actually took a lot of ribbing, and he was a good he was a good sport about it because um, obviously, yes. And you know, we had a we had the uh, the USA Mexico dos acero, which was so exciting, and we really needed it. If the USA doesn't qualify for the World Cup again, it'll be a problem because we didn't qualify last time, and we should have. Um, and now it's like, boy, we got to We got to do we're, We got a decent team. It's not the best. But anyway, we're getting we're getting far afield. Let's get <laughs> ourselves back where to the field we need to be on. Fiona, we're going to start with this show does something really fun as a book collector. And I know, Syed, you're a book collector. I like bookends. I like fun things to hold the books together. And this show does it a lot. This episode has a very compelling bookend. It is bookended by one word, Fiona. What was the bookend for for season one, episode three? To quote Rebecca, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. It's like two of the most epic fuck ever. She's so good at it. I really like it. And I have much respect for like, if you're going to really drop an F-bomb, you got to really like put the hammer down and she does. And it's really exciting and I also like the way it doesn't leave you with any kind of closure on the on what is an amazing episode. Syed, how much do you love this episode? It's fantastic. It's just, you know, rewatching this season. I know I try hard not to compare seasons. Season two was great. It stood on its own feet. But something yeah. about the magic of season one, it, it's it set the bar so high. This episode, the way it's woven together, the way they go from, uh, you know, when when um, Trent Krim starts talking and narrating, it seamlessly transitions between voices. I forget who's narrating first, but then suddenly it becomes Trent's voice. I, I think, no, Huggins is, uh, Higgins, Higgins. Is, uh, is reading it. 
Yeah. And then suddenly it transitions to first person and Trent is speaking to the camera. Oh my gosh. It's just amazing. I love it. It's so fun. Uh, This episode for me is the one that I, that, that I really was like, I'm in on this show watching it again. I think I realized why that subconsciously it brought up so many memories for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't so much that it drove the arc of the show. It just brought up a lot of memories for me. Can I share my favorite one that it brought up that I didn't click the first time it clicked this time. Sure. I was a sports writer in college. I wrote for the UCLA Daily Bruin. In my senior year, I got to cover the UCLA men's basketball team. And they were good. I think we weren't like, we didn't win the title. that We won won when I was a freshman. I wasn't covering them. But I pitched the editor. I was like, I want to shadow the men's basketball coach for a day, Steve Lavin. And they're like, cool, let's talk to the sports information director. And they approved it, which I was surprised. So I was with Coach Lavin for the whole day. You were Trent um, Prim. Yeah, exactly. I was, I, was, I was Mark Shapiro of the Daily Bruin. Um, and, <laughs> and just like to Steve's credit, right? Like he was a young coach. The circumstances in which he got the job were pretty controversial. This is UCLA basketball. He literally picked me up at Pauley Pavilion. I went with him to the Fox Studios for a TV hit, hung out the whole day. We had lunch. We went to practice together. I got to sit. I was like, wow, I got to do that with like, I've never forgotten Coach Lavin for it. And interestingly, we've reconnected on Twitter and he said he remembered me, which was the coolest thing ever. I got to do that. And how fun is it like all those years later to have this TV show bring up like one of my most fond memories and be able to associate it with the show that I love so much. Fiona, what kind of memories is this TV show bringing up for you? Oh, there's so many. Um, Actually, there's a line from this show that maybe this is getting a little personal, but do you remember when Nate, they first do that play, they practice it where Jamie is the decoy? Yes. And and they first play it through and Nate says, I have so many mixed feelings. And then Ted says, hey, it's like getting your first pube. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was was brilliant. Um, So I guess puberty as one. Everybody that heard that line was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've all, we, yeah, I mean, we we know what that memory is like and that, anyway, I totally agree with you. I loved it. What episode for you, I, this is a question that we're kind of asking as we're circling back through season one, what episode for you, and it doesn't have to be this one, when did you buy in? When did you get into Ted Lasso? When did you start watching? And when were you like, wow, I am fully immersed? So I bought in at the end of episode one, but episode three, this one yeah, was where it was irreversible. And yeah. I think the reason why having looked back at it is there were two, my two favorite characters are Rebecca and Roy. And it was the first time that we saw their soft underbelly, that they were both very one dimensional characters in episode one, episode two. Then we see the cracks. And the the richest part of those two characters start in this episode with Roy. It's with his experiences with Phoebe reading the book in bed with her and uh, with Rebecca. It's that moment on the couch with Keely where Keely gives her the, the little cactus and you can you start to see the crack and start to understand her backstory. So for me, this was what locked me in was episode three. When you saw Rebecca and Keely on the couch together. Did you buy the friendship or were you like, eh, this isn't going to take? I didn't think it was necessarily going to take, but I could see the potential. And I tell you, like referring it back to medicine, there's so much, especially in our area in OB-GYN, there's so many of us are women in our field. And there's, I've gone from being mentored 
as a medical student and a resident to being the mentor to young women in our world. And I see so many things that Rebecca does that she gets right and that I've learned from and have taken them back to work. Give an example. I mean, if you tee uh, that up, you've got to give it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just thinking this is getting into season two. And again, of course, people listen to this aren't are aware that they're spoilers, but how Keely is getting set to sail on her own journey at the end of season two and Rebecca, other not holding her back and saying, you need to work with me. She says, hire your best friend. Like you are ready to lead. And that's how I feel when residents are finished their training and you see them do grow from like with Keely, who's a very one dimensional, very superficial Instagram kind of character to running her own business and being her own boss and being her own boss ass bitch. And then she's off to do her own journey. And that's how I feel as I see residents finish our training program. She discovers that she's pluripotent and Trent yep. Krim sees that too, because yep. he reads this line in the essay that means allowing followers to become leaders. He said that. Like, Absolutely. are you kidding me? Yep. That's so great. Syed, for you, when you watch the arc of the characters, just like we see with our work, like we see people developing at the start of their journey, like, do you default to they're going to get where I want them to go? Do you default to this is going to be a slog or you do you default to this is a non-starter and I'm going to have to work really hard? I think, uh, you know, TV sort of in general, TV shows have set us up to, to they want to fulfill our expectations and leave us happy and satisfied as viewers. And so sort of, you know, Ted Lasso begins with a very stereotypical characters and archetypes of different people. And they're sort of setting you up in a way that the first initial episode, like Fiona talked about, is kind of a big setup because you're like, okay, it's a sports show. They got the sports characters. They got the grizzle veteran. They got the you know, the, the coach and all this kind of stuff. But Ted Lasso relishes in subverting that and, and changing, you know, changing what happens. And, you know, going back to the Fiona and um, Rebecca on the couch thing, there was a moment where she puts her feet on the couch yeah. and Rebecca instantly looks at that. And, you know, in any other show, I feel like Rebecca might re-exert that, that distance that she tries so hard to keep. But she doesn't say anything. She glosses over that because in, in that moment, she's coming close to somebody and she really needs a friend. And, you know, I, you know, things like that in Ted Lasso, uh, it keeps surprising me over and over. So I've given up expecting, you know, characters to, to, to have a certain arc. I mean, you suspect, but it, part of the joy of the show is being surprised and delighted over and over again. I love that you picked up on that. And it's I'm, I'm just sort of thinking about that idea of when a leader sees someone who is part of their team do something where that person probably is expecting to get corrected and you give them that space, what that does for the relationship. Fiona, for you, obviously working with lots and lots of teammates, residents, fellows, everybody over the years, do you consciously give people a little bit of space to do something like that? Not that's in any way inappropriate, but that they would probably be expected to be kind of corrected or put back. Absolutely. And I think you you have to give people space to learn and grow. In medicine, the trade-off is patient safety. In Ted Lasso, the trade-off is losing a match. And 
Ted does that with a number of characters, which makes him a great leader. He does it really well with Roy. He gets it wrong with Nate. And we have that in, in medicine too. And I was thinking about this watching this episode that, you know, I've we've had residents over the years where you give them that bit of space and they do really well. And then you have you have Nate's who you give them that space, you know, he pulls that crumpled paper out of his pocket with that plan he's got. And they're like, okay, you know, you are the med student, but now we're, we're bumping you up to first assist in the OR because let's give you an opportunity. They do well, but then they let you down and they turn on you and that can happen. And that's a risk you take with, with giving people space, but you have to, because people don't grow without it. So then that brings us to one of the segments of this that I'm loving. I love that we are going to an, an an entity in the background of the show, the pyramid of success that's on the wall, and we're kind of pulling out one brick from the pyramid. And so our brick today is poise. Just be yourself. Don't pretend to be what you are not. Don't get rattled, thrown off, or unbalanced regardless of the circumstance or situation Leaders with poise do not panic under pressure. Fiona, expand on poise in your day-to-day work, in your work as a physician, in your work as a leader, how you like to engage and present yourself on social media, where you are awesome, by the way. What is poise in your in your time and space today? Mark, I can't thank you enough for giving me this brick. When I first saw the word... I thought of poise as something very different than when I read the description. I thought of poise and I thought of Rebecca standing up in like her gorgeous suits and, and just how she carried herself with confidence, but it's so much more. She walks in at the beginning of the episode, right? Yes. But it's so much more. And so as I looked at that description, so number one, be yourself. And I was reflecting on, well, first I reflected on Ted Lasso. So Higgins says later on in season two, the best brand is being yourself, which is, awesome. But in healthcare, and I'm thinking about my own journey early on, I don't know that we're completely ourselves. You know, you're trying to get into med school, then you're trying to get into a residency and you're trying to fit the mold. But then as you grow, I don't know if it's generational, but I felt like I could just be more myself as time has gone on. And social media has helped me be more honest to myself and that patients see that honesty that yes, I drink gin when I'm not at work. And and I'm human. And so I feel maybe as time goes on, you you feel like you've got less risk in exposing who your true self is. So I think the be yourself part of it is there. The other thing is the being at ease in any situation. I love that. And I am going to bring this poise to my learners because I think you have to do this in medicine, but especially in obstetrics. We walk this line where we can go from a very normal, physiological, happiest moment of a person's life and a family's life, and in a second, go to a life-threatening situation. And we have to be able to pivot between those two worlds. And so having poise in our area of medicine is particularly an essential skill. You're going to give a grand rounds on this. And I think I might need to like fly out for it. I think I might need (laughs) to just like, just be in the, I I don't think virtual is going to work because I remember, I mean, look, I did all the rotations. I'm not an, I'm not an OBGYN, but I remember those swings and I, I don't know, man, it's hard to think of another specialty in our world where those swings are a that frequent and be that abrupt 
and severe trauma surgery for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But you kind of know that going in. And again, it's that juxtaposition, like you said, like the happiest moment switching to everything is going wrong. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really jarring. And I, I love the way you describe that. <laughs> I'm having a lot of memories right now, too. And I think people listening will as well. Syed, for you, though, thinking about poise, how have you defined it and how do you define it now? I think uh, what Fiona said, you know, I, I identify with that a lot in the certain in terms of poise for me initially is almost like a, a, a physical attribute, like a, like a, the way you carry yourself, kind of like Rebecca and, and uh, uh, a, f a form of, of calm that kind of radiates and emanates from you that you're in control and you, and you know what's going on, not necessarily in control of the situation, perhaps but in control of yourself, in control of your feelings. Um you know, the, the one of the things I love about this uh, season recap that we're doing in Med Lasso is these definitions are so genius on these bricks. <laughs> you know, the, the way he defines things are, are just it's just distilled wisdom. And I love it. And the way he defines it here, he gets he gets to the heart of it is the being yourself part and comfortable being yourself. I think I'm starting to see that more and more. The people I think of as poised people um you really are the people who are comfortable in their own skin and in the show when you're reading the definition for me my mind went to the spicy food scene I'm like that's poise right there you don't think yeah. i have that on my list you're under, wrong like, we're under getting pressure there. We're under yeah. pressure right yeah but yeah I you're right it. like we don't cyan and i don't script the show but man he teased me <laughs> up holy smokes like that's coming um i think the three of us have had a similar experience with that word for me too it was a physical manifestation it was almost like standing at attention right? Your clothes are nicely pressed. You're, you're squared away, but it's, it's poises for me. Now I understand it much more. So is not what people see, but how I feel. And that sense of who am I, what am I doing in this situation? What am I attempting to accomplish in this situation? And how am I influencing those around me? I understand that part of it much, much better. 18 year old Mark wanted it to just be like, you know, standing at attention, whatever. Now it's much more, how does this circumstance make me feel and how am I being agile in it? And I, I love it. But I, I, I'm with you guys, man, bringing these blocks out. There's a lot of blocks. Like we might have to start doing like two per episode just so we can like break out, break them all out. But it's, it's really, really great. Another thing that is great, and again, not a clumsy segue because Syed teed me up. Can we talk spicy food? I think it's really important that we talk spicy food. Fiona. Yes. You're at a restaurant where on offer the cuisine does trend towards spicy those whether it's, you know, Indian food, Pakistani food, Middle Eastern food, Latin American food, Mexican whatever it is, where you can tr where the chili is there and present. Where do you land on the spectrum when they say how hot do you want your food? 8 out of 10. Eight and I'll tell you, this episode that. was like PTSD for me cuz the hottest <laughs> meal I ever had was in London. Yeah. We had no, like I'd eaten Indian food before, but we had no idea what we were getting in for. We had a vindaloo that set my gut on fire and I got home to the hotel running like Ted was down the street <laughs> and I had my Johnny Cash moment. I don't know if you want to know what I mean by my Johnny Cash moment. <laughs> we'll let the, we'll let the fans Google it. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean, but we'll let them Google it. <laughs> That's amazing. Syed, let's talk spicy food. What, what, where, where are you leaning and what's the order? My number would probably be eight also, but what I've learned the hard way is that it's all relative. 
Um, eight, eight in certain Thai restaurants in town. You gotta, (laughs) you gotta have, you gotta be wearing Kevlar or something. You gotta Uh, brace. You gotta brace for it. You gotta brace for impact. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So sometimes when I say eight and they do a double take and they come back a couple of times, I'm like, you sure? And the chef is sticking his head out (laughs) of the thing. It's like, hey man, you sure about that eight? Then I think about it. But I really like the heat. I think it adds a, a nice kick to it. I get euphoric. Um, when my lips are tingling and I'm sweating and you see Trent like reach for his ears when I can actually feel it in my tympanic membranes, I, I get that <laughs> euphoria from it. I really like it. Um, I, I will generally like, I, I save the big blast for a special occasion, um, but I love it. I just love it. And when they can marry the heat to the flavor so it doesn't just wash out the rest of the whatever. Oh my God. It's just... Do you remember Ted said he, when he brought the second dish, he said, how is it? And he said, it's hot. He did. <laughs> yeah. There's no flavor left. But can we talk about how they were drinking water at the table? I mean, anybody who has experienced eating hot food, no, you don't drink water with hot food. You need something that's got some fat in it. So like a milk or a lassi or something, right? To cool but it down. But he didn't know. He said, I've never had Indian food before. <laughs> true, true. And Trent just let him walk right off that bridge. <laughs> Trent knew what was coming. And he said, hey, pal, <laughs> caveat emptor, brother. Yep. All you. Uh, it, that was one of my favorite scenes of the show. Um, and I also just loved that the host, who Ollie, that yeah. Ollie was just there for the ride. There was no pushback. There was no like, are you sure? It was like, hey man, you're part of the family now. My father in law's a good a good cook, and and we're gonna go for it. I I loved it. I would say though, you do have to be careful because if it's too hot, I mean, I've I I made mistakes ordering where I really I was like trying. I'm like, I really can't eat this. Like something's gonna happen to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sick. So we just have to be mindful of that. And I'll encourage people who are listening. Like I want to hear. What you all think about spicy food? What's your order, especially where 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 um where you like to go and what the reliable order is? I want to switch back to leadership though, because there's a really important line that I liked, and Fiona, I I just I get the sense that you do lots of leadership insofar as you're in contact with lots of people who need your leadership, and Ted says to Coach Beard. That's the guy. And we've got to get the first domino to fall. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But it's that idea of getting that first domino to fall. When you identify someone who you want to see them make that transition from follower to leader, is the domino, is the first domino that you look for to try to tap and make fall? Is it the same every time? And if it's not, how do you identify what's the first domino? I think it's relative. And, you know, I think about, you know, with resident training, you you have a, a cohort or a group of residents coming through and there's often one one or two who will rise out of that. And it depends on who their cohort are, what are going to be the, the, the skills that that person has that's going to make them the leader of that group and for the junior residents. I do something very similar to Ted in I buy books and um I loved the books that he chose for the three characters that you could see what the books were in this in this episode. I've never given a wrinkle in time, though, but I think that I might have to add that one to my list. Um, but just some books of inspiration. What book would you buy for Syed? <laughs> Ooh, Syed the Independent. What would I get you? Um, 
There's a great book that came out this year that I think every physician should read. It was a Canadian uh, author. She's an internal medicine doctor in Toronto, or was in Toronto now. She's in Winnipeg. Mark's, Where am I Mark's at? Looking. Where am I? Yes, that's it. You're all perfectly <laughs> fine. Have you read By Julian Horton, MD? There yes. You go. Have you? So I had that be my book for you. Oh, that's great. I got. I got to read it. I have not read it. Doctor so. Julian Horton sent me this one because she's awesome. And she's going to come on the show sometime next year. That's amazing. Yeah. And Jillian has written an amazing, she's a great writer. She writes for, I think the LA Times. She's written for our national newspaper in Canada. Great book. Every physician. We count, on, we count on doctors to put us back together when we need help. But what happens when the doctor falls apart? So yes. Great. No, that's shout. great. Yeah, no, I've definitely written about stuff like that. So that's, I, I All love right, to read next it. question, Fiona. What book are you getting for me? Ooh. Do you like gin? <laughs> I love gin. Can we, yeah. we, we could do a whole podcast episode on gin. Yes. Yeah, I've, I got recently got gifted a book called The World Atlas of Gin, which I've got a lot of gin books. This one right. is the comprehensive guide. So I'm sending you The World Atlas of Gin. Okay. My, my leadership you've... book is about gin i couldn't be more delighted <laughs> well you've already got jillian horton's book so yeah, that's right she's gonna be very very excited this is a fun plug um she may have forgotten she sent me the book i hope she didn't because she's on the radar for next year for sure and the book is very cool i i love the idea of books and it's something that we need to talk about but we can't talk about it here we got to talk about it in the locker room fiona are you ready i'm ready let's go in we start with the same question, and I'm glad that you referenced the UK influence as you watch the show. What's your ruling on tea? Syed is going to be very happy because I'm going to start breaking this uh, run that you've had. Yes. I am all tea. I live, <laughs> yes. I live with a coffee drinker, so every morning there is coffee and tea on brew in our house. I, I will go it. to tea every single time. I drink oh, probably five cups of tea a day. The house, of tea rises. the house of tea rises. Chai for the wind. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the next question that I had, and uh, Syed, you get this one first. What book would you want from Ted Lasso? What I want from Ted Lasso? Yes. If you were on his team and he's buying books, what would you be like? Oh, my gosh. I would love Ted to pick this kind of book for me. Uh, the Boys in the Boat. I don't know if you've read that. Have I read the boy? <laughs> yes, that book's amazing. Yeah, if I want you my son for to me, do rowing I, because of that book. I would, I would love it. That that book oh. is is it was a fantastic read, and, and the messages Incredible. in it, I loved it. I loved it. I legit, I finished it. My son was like one, and I was like, I got to start researching where he can do crew and rowing <laughs> and stuff like that when he's old enough, and I I know where to go. Fiona, what book do you want from Ted Lasso? I suspect he would choose The Handmaid's Tale for me. Interesting. Why? Yeah. There are obvious reasons why, mm -hmm. but for those who may not be as immersed in the story and the arc of The Handmaid's Tale, take us a little bit deeper. I think it's a good warning sign to the world, especially around reproductive rights. And given that I am immersed in reproduction in my line of work, and given where we are in the world right now with challenges to those both here in Alberta, but also in Texas and other places in the U.S., it's a good warning sign, but also good lessons about how one person can make a huge difference in in adversity and someone who's not in necessarily a position of authority can rise up and make a difference. One of the things that I am observing right now 
hearing you say that really brings this up and I appreciate it more so than I remember over the arc of my life, the impact one person can have good or bad mm-hmm. on discourse, on events, on worldview. And I think all of us need to understand as individuals, we've never been more powerful as an individual and to understand that collectively we're strong, but we are also strong individually and to own it and decide where to deploy it. Never more important today, especially. Syed and I, you and I were talking about this before. When you think about your influence as an individual, you live in Texas, you're a very busy doctor, you touch lots of people around the world with your writing. When you think about your individual impact, what emotion do you have just thinking about that as a concept? I think it's sometimes it's tough to think about because we don't generally think in those terms in terms of effects of that we can't see directly. Um, a lot of our ability to impact people, especially in this age of social media, could be people that we'll never cross paths with in real life. You know, people who will never know the impact we had on them, and uh, the, to send positivity out there and kind of like a beacon and hope that uh, someone out there latches onto it who really needs it. Um, takes a certain way of thinking about, it. you know, I was thinking of the Ted Lasso opening titles and, you know, the chairs mm-hmm. are all dilapidated. He walks up and down a row. He just picks one seat and he sits down and the cascade starts. And it's, yeah, exactly. So in my mind, that's an image that I've gone to before when I think about it. I really like that. I don't know that I'd actually picked up on that before. And it obviously connects with what we're talking about here. And it also connects with what you were just saying, right? The idea of the way he says kind things and says nice things, says nice things to people. One of the fun things that I like that I have this as a question, Fiona, what is a compliment that you've never had before? Remember, Rebecca gets those two compliments. And she says, wow, that's a compliment I've never had before. I think he says, like, I want to see you arm wrestle with Michelle Obama or something <laughs> like that. And she says, that's a compliment I've never had before. Do you when you when you give compliments, do you try to make them unique? I do, but it can be hard and it's very easy to compliment somebody and have it very superficial and meaningless. So it's hard to dig deep. You need to know the person, but I've never been complimented on my arms like Rebecca. After that episode, (laughs) I'm doing push-ups and bicep curls (laughs) because I've got strong arms. You have to have strong arms to pull forceps, but they are not Rebecca's arms. Like they're not, <laughs> what does Keely say? You've got like great superhero arms. Superhero I, I, arms totally. I don't have superhero arms. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, few of us do, I would say, but that is, I, I love that part as well. Syed, when you are on social media, are you thoughtful and intentional about crafting a unique compliment or do you fall into a pattern? And I ask this because I fall into pattern. I will reply in a syncopated way and I'll catch myself and be like, Shapiro, don't do that. It feels syncopated for you, but they are hoping you're going to say something nice to them, like make it sticky. And I'm really trying to get better at that. I'm the same way. Um, I say certain phrases all the time. My dad ribs yes. me all the time, actually filters through to my writing. There's a phrase quirks a brow. For some reason, quirks a brow shows up in a lot of my threads. And my dad, every time he I do it, I get a text within... 30 minutes of the thread going up and it's all caps. It just says quirks, a brow and then like laughing emojis. So yeah, I do it. I think it's almost subconscious that we get into these patterns and don't even realize it. Yeah. I think the place where I'm trying to be better at is if I have content 
that is getting some response and I want to catch up and I don't want people, I, I like to try to reply. I mean, all three of us have a reasonable size Twitter following and we're active on Twitter and we'll say things where people will engage. I'll catch myself like you've just said the same thing three times. <laughs> yeah. Do better than that. Come on. You're a good writer. You're creative. And these are people who are saying nice things to you. Like do a better job. Um, and I, I, I have an opportunity to continue to get better at that for sure. We have to talk pop culture. This is very important. Yeah. My, my movie, I can't find a major league reference. Fiona, did you find a major league reference in episode three? So Mark, I, I hate you've invited me on this show so kindly, but I hate to disagree with you. I'm not a sports person and I've saw major league a long time ago, but for yeah. me, the movie that runs as a thread through this whole show is the wizard of Oz. And this episode has hints at the wizard of Oz. And you know, when I, when it hit me was in season two, when um, Ted was playing the wizard of Oz pinball machine in the pub. And I went, okay, that's not a mistake. Nothing is a mistake on this show. What is the no. wizard of Oz? And I've gone back and the Wizard of Oz runs right through this show. I've, and I've thought this through. I have my theories. I, I've got characters who are similar to characters in the Wizard of Oz. But even just in a big picture term, you take these characters who think they have something that externally someone else needs to fix, but it's inside them. And so Roy does have a heart and he gets it himself. Nobody else has to give it to him. So I, to me, I'm sorry about your major league reference, but to me, the wizard of Oz runs through this whole show. Uh, <laughs> I kind of want to just like stop the episode. I don't know <laughs> That's amazing. Now, when you are referencing was just help me because I, I want to go back now. Uh, is it mm -hmm. the movie? Is it, yeah. is it what, what is your source material that you're using? Is it the movie, the original movie, the movie. Okay. Yeah. So I had, um, we have homework, dude. We got to go back. And and I so I'm a shoe person. I love my shoes. So I pay a lot of attention to shoes on this show. On in chemo, so does Jason Sudeikis. By the way, he's a total yes, sneakerhead. He's right? a total sneakerhead. Yeah. And yeah. if you look at key moments, and in this episode, look at the color of his Nikes. And every Stop pair of it. shoes, no, every pair of shoes Rebecca wears are Labutons. And guess what color the base of those shoes is? Ruby red. Stop right. It. I remember your tweet about this. I remember you tweeted about this and it blew my mind. Yeah. And oh where's, my God. where's Ted from? Kansas. No, come on. Oh my God. <laughs> and he got in a plane with beard. They flew somewhere foreign and landed in a new place. So here's my prediction at the end. They're going to go back. Well, they'll have to go back eventually, but this is all the wizard of Oz. And it even explains the Beards Night Out crazy weird episode in season two, because there was a scene in The Wizard of Oz where they went into this poppy field and it was just this like weird, trippy moment in the movie that was Beards Night Out. It doesn't advance the plot. It's just a weird, trippy seg segment in the film. It's Beards Night Out. <laughs> it's too good. It is too good. I'm so happy this just happened. <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna re i gotta rewatch it over the thanksgiving holiday man no, you'll have to rewatch it again and you'll see you'll see the references and the colors that are chosen are are very much very much that and then i would love to check back and we'll do this on twitter is to see rewatch it with that frame of reference totally. and tell me who you think the characters are and we'll see if they line up absolutely okay we're gonna do because yes i have a plan and we're gonna execute this plan that's amazing Syed. I'm I'm trying to read your body language. My <laughs> eyeballs are exploding. 
have you caught this? Because you've never mentioned this to me before. No, and you're no. wicked smart. Yeah, no, no, no. I, you know, she, I did see her tweet, and it got me. I don't thinking think about I saw it. that. Yeah, she tweeted about it. It was, I think, okay. it was a reply to something, or you had. Okay. There's someone else that tweeted something, and she tweeted a photo of the shoes, and yeah. said, uh, and I remember thinking, wow, uh, that's pretty. And for a moment, my mind went back, but I haven't devoted that much thought to it. Oh um, because I felt like initially I felt like there were a lot of pop pop culture references, but this is a deep woven thread going into the heart of the yeah. show. And so I need no, to go that's... back. Like you said, I need to go back and rewatch and focus. <laughs> <laughs> I had something about what's the funniest scene in Step Brothers. We're not answering the question. We're, we're done. We're, but we're it is all the, but clearly it is the bunk bed scene. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you really want to argue about it, we can. But I think we should start with Wizard of Oz. That's amazing. I That's cannot amazing. wait to rewatch it. I, I think we're good. I don't want to keep going. I, uh, we're not doing predictions because we all know what's coming, and you've actually just given us one. I think we got to stop right there. Honestly, that is the most epic mic drop we've had. That is awesome, and I cannot wait to go and watch The Wizard of Oz now. Legit. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> Fiona, how do people find you on social media so that when we start really engaging around this, once this episode drops, that they can really get it, get amongst it? Um, it's at Fiona Matatal. It's just my name with an at sign in the front. And I would love to hear everybody else's thoughts on the Wizard of Oz theme. Holy shit, dude. I am tripping out. I cannot <laughs> wait to watch the Wizard of Oz because I'm enjoying bringing these you know, this whole puzzle together. It's so fun. And you're right. There's no coincidences on this show. Nothing happens by accident. So if you're seeing it, it's, there's no debate. I just want to like see it for myself now. It's going to be awesome. Syed, mm-hmm. we have homework, dude. Yeah, I know. We, we got to get, got to get, get cracking. Fiona, you crushed. This was amazing. Thank you so much. This was totally cool. This was an absolute delight. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I am forever changed that you gave me that brick of the pyramid of success and you're right i'm going to do a grand rounds on this and uh we'll have to invite you in as a guest speaker i'm coming I'm, both of you I'm guys flying up. Like, man, oh no it's like we'll compare schedules because if you're doing it i'm not missing it for sure awesome syed so cool holy cow man yeah, that's so cool what, what, is, what is going on here yeah man? that's awesome wild. i love it it's oh like every God. episode is just there's some revelation or some wisdom or some pearl drop you know it's some... i am glad that we're doing season one after season two i think that it's making it much richer because we have a bigger tapestry to now refer back to right and we're not doing spoilers and i i mean people we can but it's not happening like we're three in and it's not like we're having to go back to season two that's just Oh, I love it, man. You know, one thing I forgot to mention, because I forget, there was no place organically to insert it. I want to know. Oh, what wow. That Nate was shots fired. Has... Sorry. No, 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 no. Not shots fired. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't really relevant. So I didn't, but I'm curious as to what you guys think. Nate went through all these crumpled papers before he yeah. had the play. Mm-hmm. What was on those papers? Were yeah. they all plays he thought about? Were there speeches he thought about to give to his dad? Like what was crumpled up? There was such a subtle detail. But I loved it. And I was wondering, man, I want to reach out to that actor and say, what, what was written on those? Were they receipts? Or were they, did you write something? Fiona, take it. You're, you're on a tear right now. I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I can't think of what they would. Oh, you know what they could be? They could be pictures of monkeys. They could be the flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Tormenting Nate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, awesome. gosh. I love it. It made me think of Everyday Carrie. 
um, there's the there's the a really fun YouTube deep dive of what do people carry in their pockets, uh-huh. and it's like what's your favorite key ring, what's your favorite <laughs> wallet, what's your favorite iPhone case, what's on special, and they're great. Like I bought things from watching these videos, like the key ring that I have. It made me think of what it what would be Nate's everyday carry, and because he's Nate and he's you know having some he's having some changes in how he's developing and growing as a as a person. Uh, it's just chaotic bits of paper and not much else. And I think they even reference his overall immaturity by the, you know, the getting your first pube. I think that that is a direct reference to like Nate really has some maturation that we need to see happen. And like you said, it gets away from Ted a little bit. He doesn't guide the maturation as much as was needed. He thinks he's further along than he actually is. So Syed, that's a great pull. (laughs) All right. Well, we will be back with more for sure. Fiona, this was unbelievable and i'm i I haven't had homework for a while and i'm delighted that i have so thank you for coming on we're off to see the wizard yes (laughs) we are off to the wizard syed we're gonna go see the wizard a total treat buddy thank you for doing this with me man always a pleasure happy thanksgiving everyone we'll see you soon and uh oh my gosh (laughs) fiona you're coming back on the show or we'll do a live show when you do your grand rounds how about that awesome sounds awesome take care thanks bye from canada my thanks once again to Fiona and Syed for joining me on this amazing Med Lasso episode, Ted Lasso Season 1, Episode 3. Thank you also to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. Thank you so much as well to you for listening. You can hit me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show, email me mark at explorethespaceshow.com. Definitely subscribe to Explore the Space Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And please do leave us that five-star rating and review. That really helps us out. We will be back soon with more great content. Until then, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We will see you after. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.